0: Welcome to Uncontained. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and this week we revisit episode 71 for Halloween with Dan Hampel. He's a horror actor and uh, also has got me some great guests here on the show, including the horror icon Linnea Quigley from Return of the Living Dead, and also Justin Beam, writer for Fangoria Magazine and also Monsters of Filmland. So, He's been on the show twice, and, well, we go back and revisit episode 71, over 100 episodes ago, perfect for Halloween, and uh, I believe we're talking about a film that he's working on at the moment during this episode, and, uh, yeah, I I don't want to give away too much of it in case you miss it the first time around, but I do have some news to pass on after much, much thought and consideration uncontained is going from an every week podcast to once every other week so every other week you'll get a new episode of uncontained not saying that there won't be times where you actually get episodes two weeks in a row depending on you know what's happening with the guests and how soon they need the episode out but the reason i'm doing it is to help promote the show i need time to Help uh, hit up social media time to get guests, edit shows and post them and, you know, put the put the time and effort behind the show that they deserve instead of having to jump to the next show and uh, promote it all by myself. So uh, it's just hopefully temporary that I'm back to. Uh, once every two weeks, but I appreciate you listening, I appreciate the support, and I, I'm not planning on going anywhere, I'm sticking around, so um, it's just going to be a little less frequent for the shows. Thanks again for listening, this is Dan Hample off of episode 71 of Uncontained, and I hope you all had a great Halloween, celebrating over the weekend, and continuing on until Halloween, of course, you it's costume season you might as well go for it so enjoy the show and uh yeah
1: i'll talk to you in a couple weeks welcome to episode 71 of uncontained i'm your host aaron static render and this is the return of dan hample on uncontained he was on episode two way back way back when i first started uh, about almost a year year and a half ago now And Dan, Dan actually decided to come on before, before he even heard the show, before he even actually launched the show. And that took a lot of faith, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of courage to come on a show you never heard of before. And I appreciate that for him. Then he went on to help me land a few guests, including Billy Singhas, Uh, John Lear, the Geico caveman, you all know him as. Justin Beam, writer for Fangoria Magazine. Monsters of Filmland. Pretty much any horror magazine. This guy probably has had his hand in or could have his hand in if he wanted to. And also he was in Sharknado. And also does a commentary on the Halloween movie. So that's a pretty big guess right there. Along with the latest guest that he's hooked me up, Linnea Quigley. So when I heard that Dan was making a movie, a horror movie, and even featuring Linnea Quigley, I was like, dude, I got to check this out and I want to do what I can to help him out. So I I'm having Dan on the show today to talk about his upcoming movie called We Should Have Died. And, uh, yeah, you almost have to say it like that. We should have died. And, uh, you know, he has a Kickstarter going on right now. So if you want to help create something, help get a movie made, uh, I'll have the link to his Kickstarter for We Should Have Died in the show notes. And uh, please click that, and you can even become an executive producer. He'll tell you all about how to do that during the show here. So on the other side of the conversation today, I have the one, the only, Dan Hample.
2: You are too good to me. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> no, thank you for coming on, and thank you for all the help with the show that uh, you've You've given along the way, and I'm happy to have you back on. Thank
2: you so much, man. Um, it's it's always a pleasure. I, I uh, really enjoy the show. I, I love the the podcast, and uh, I'm I'm happy to help any any way that I can. But I think you're doing pretty good for yourself. So, well,
0: thank you, thank you very much, man. And uh, you have uh, some exciting uh, stuff going on right now. You are currently in the beginning process of making a movie we should have died you want to tell us a little bit about that
2: (laughs) so uh (laughs) i like the way you said that we should have died well um we should have died so the the name is a double entendre Uh, a lot of times when you know you're hanging out with your friends on sunday morning after the night out and you say dude we should have died man that was crazy well that's one way to say it and then another way to say it is uh Seriously, we we should have died. It would have been a lot yeah. better if we would have just died. And so, uh, the the title it's it's a double entendre. So yeah.
0: So which meaning is it? Is it the hey guys we were out last night partying our ass off and we should have died, or dude there is an axe murder out in the loose and uh, we
2: should have died? Okay, so that is very much for the viewer to um, answer for themselves.
0: Okay. Okay, so you have uh, at least one past uncontained guest
2: on the show that you actually helped set up.
0: Linnea Quigley is going to be part of this.
2: We are so honored to have the queen of all Scream Queens, Linnea Quigley, as a part of We Should Have Died. We are blown away at her participation, and uh, we cannot wait to shoot with her. Um, I've shot with her on several films in the past, uh, demonica collapse. Um, and, uh, Oh, just several. Well, I can't name them right now, but, but yeah, we're, we're so honored to have Linnea Quigley as a part of this shoot.
0: Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar with her either, go back and listen to my episode and most definitely go back and watch some of her movies, including return of the living dead, and about 125 to 130 other movies. So if you don't know Linnea Quigley and you're a horror fan, shame on you. But you can redeem yourself by checking it out.
2: That is well said, sir.
0: All right, so uh, who else do you have involved with this movie and how did you come up with the concept?
2: Well, uh, that's that's very much a part of the whole process. Okay, so I had met a friend and we were sitting at a fire and he, he told me a lot of stories about his youth and uh and and specifically very trying times from when he was a child and uh, you know when we gather around a fire we we tend to talk about you know well this happened to me that happened to me and this that and these are the hard times that i went through these are the hard times that i've survived and so it was kind of on that level and um When he began telling me this uh, specific instance where he rescued his mentally handicapped brother from a house fire, I was all ears and I just I couldn't stop listening to this story. And and so then and there I began to uh, think about how could we how could we make honor to this, bring honor to this in some way? As a, as a short film. So this story is based on some very true events and there was some uh, fantasy involved and what it turned out was a really solid script uh, that was written by Dustin Hills. Uh, Dustin okay. is a friend of mine that I've known for many years. However, he just recently became professionally involved in screenplay writing. And when I sent him this script uh i only gave him a few ideas and he shot this screenplay back to me and i i looked at it and read it and there was tears in my eyes even though there was a lot of work to do on it i was choked up i couldn't believe that he really taken it to that level and uh i i mean it's it's the kind of talent that you cannot pay for uh, Dustin Hills has a talent that you cannot pay for. If you pay for it, well, then it's subpar. Uh, if, okay. if Dustin Hills is passionately involved in it, then you're gold. <laughs> and he was passionately involved in the writing of this uh, screenplay. And I, I just can't thank him enough.
0: And were you involved in the writing process as well?
2: Or? Right, so yeah, and it's described in the Kickstarter pa- uh, uh, campaign. Uh, we're trying to raise a few thousand dollars here, but uh, yes, I I uh, came up with the story and a solid structure. I knew that I wanted to bounce back and forth uh, with the time structure and um, and uh, basically came down with a, a solid idea and i mean dustin hills picked it up and made it a just a work of art
0: okay awesome so you mentioned the kickstarter what are first of all like where can people find it and what are for people who don't necessarily know what it takes to make a film what do you need the money for like what what is this money going to
2: thank you so much for asking that um so the uh the the first part of the question is uh where where to find the uh, Kickstarter campaign. Okay, so go ahead and uh, Google Kickstarter. Uh, We should have died. And you will come up with our uh, campaign page. Now, what it takes to make a film is a lot of things. Now, we have... I'm so proud to say this, by the way, and this is the first time time—first okay. time that I've been able to say this uh, publicly, is we have uh, Mike Keeler uh, as our director of photography. He shot Up on the Wooftop, which was uh, uh, featured in a lot of uh, uh, theaters around the country, and it starred Dennis Haskins, old Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. Uh Yes, yes, and it also had uh, one, another uncontained guest in it,
0: Tom Garland, comedian Tom Garland. And
2: by the way, uh, this is a shout out to Tom Garland. He is one of the most hilarious, flat out funny comedians you could ever choose to see. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Tom <laughs> yes, Garland, is, dude. Friend. Tom, man, you and I, we gotta have a beer with with each other soon. <laughs> but but yes, uh, so so glad to. Uh, to announce that uh, Mike Keeler uh, from up, up, up on the rooftop is going to be uh, our, our Director of Photography. And uh, Shelly Pence is going to be our Shelly Pence, the beautiful Shelley Pence. She's worked on so many things, and she's been involved in so many things with ESPN. And uh, she's worked with just about every uh, presidential uh, candidate. That you can imagine uh, till 15 years ago. So she has a lot of experience in hair and makeup, and so she will be helping us out on "We Should Have Died," and so will Mike Keeler.
0: Awesome. Got some good names attached to it, along with Linnea Quigley, as you mentioned. So, uh, what what does the money go to? Is it to bring those guys aboard, take care of production costs, or so people know where their money is going and what do they get for it?
2: Okay, so uh, when when pledging any amount of money to this film, one hundred percent of it goes towards the making of this film. Uh, what we need the okay. money for? What we need the money for is for mostly flights and hotels. Um, though it is shot. Directly here in Iowa, mostly here in Iowa, hires nothing but Iowa actors and crew. Okay? Uh, And we are very proud of that. Now, the money will go towards uh, hiring specific companies to help us out, such as restaurants, um, ambulance uh, providers, uh, possibly petitioning certain cities to allow... Uh, allow us to use their fire trucks. Um, it will go to pay for uh, real EMTs to help out on the set. And um, it will, it will go a long way and especially, you know, food, we got to feed our actors and crew. And um, I can tell you what it won't go towards. Uh, the money that you donate to this film we should have died, will not go towards crooked politicians or, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it won't, it, it, it will all be utilized very well and safely and, um, and economically. And, uh, we, uh, we can't wait to get it shot. Listen, hey, I just want to say this. If you, if you, for instance, if you wanted to donate, you know, anybody out there, if they wanted to become a real, actual, uh, official producer, all they'd have to donate is a hundred bucks and uh, they would receive an official uh, credit on IMDb. They'd receive a copy of the movie okay. uh, upon completion and uh, the script that would be signed by myself and uh, uh, Dustin Hills, who is the writer of the screenplay. And if they wanted to get really, really crazy, they could pledge $300 and they could become an executive producer. And that means that they would have their name top billed at the beginning of the movie. Sorry. They would have their name top billed at the beginning of the movie. And they would be able to come on set, come and go as they please, meet Linnea. They would get a signed autographed photo of Linnea and uh, just it, it would be the VIP treatment that's the top uh pledge that you can give 300 bucks. You could give way more than that if you wanted to, and good god, don't we welcome it? And, and at the <laughs> bottom, go ahead and just you know, go ahead and send in 10 bucks, and, and I will send you a copy of We Should Have Died upon its completion and the estimated delivery date on that would uh, be about December of this year.
0: Okay. And, uh, that this Kickstarter, how long does it go till?
2: So we have, uh, 13 days left and I want to be very clear on this. Um, it's, it's important to me that everybody knows that I have 13 days to raise the, uh, $6,000. Now, Okay, so we are at 6% uh, funded of 100%. And uh, the, the cool thing about Kickstarter is that it is an all-or-nothing campaign. So if we can't reach the 100% mark, nobody gets billed. I mean, you can pledge you know, $1,500 right now. But if I don't meet my $6,000 goal that I do have set... Uh, you'll never get, uh, charged on your, on your bank account. So, um, I encourage everybody to just jump in and, uh, you know, send a pledge of, you know, 10, 25, 50 bucks, you know, a hundred dollars gets you a real actual producer credit. And, uh, up from there, we have the, uh, $300 credit uh, where you would be an executive producer and your name listed at the beginning of the movie and you would be able to come on set and meet Linnea Quigley.
0: Oh, that's cool. So you get to come on set, meet Linnea Quigley, and if you're the executive producer, does that mean you get your name at the beginning of
2: the movie too, like you see in all the Hollywood films? Yep. So when you are an executive producer for We Should Have Died, your name appears at the beginning of the film during the opening credits, and you are 100% recognized by the internet movie database, the IMDB, you are officially an executive movie producer. Awesome.
0: So help out the cause. There's no risk if they don't make it. So basically, they have to get their goal met, or Dan and the crew needs to get their goal met, or else nothing is taken out of your account until I meet the goal. I don't want this to sound like an infomercial, but please help get something made.
2: Really appreciate that. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. So I will uh, put the Kickstarter link in the show notes so people can click on that, support uh, support the cause, and help get this out. So, I don't know, you've been going through the movie-making process, yes. Dan. Um, what would be some advice to people that you would like to give out that are maybe trying to get a movie made?
2: Well, it, it, it all depends on how many, uh, uh, different avenues they've been down as a filmmaker. Um, I've, I've been down a lot of avenues and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm just trying to say that I have been down the lighting Avenue. I've been down the acting Avenue, the, the camera Avenue, and now the fundraising avenue. Okay. It really depends. I, I it, Look, it, it's so cliche. I hate to say it, but good God, if you don't have passion wherever you are, there you will remain. Okay? Now, what it takes for me, okay, I'll just speak for myself. I think that it takes this passion that I feel like I have. And I don't know what it takes for somebody else. I do know, okay, I do know this. I have met filmmakers along the way that their parents were very well-to-do, had a lot of money, and they supported them financially throughout everything that they did. And in the end, they realized that their passion did not lie in filmmaking, even though they had every financial asset right there at their fingertips. So what it always takes, I believe, is passion.
0: Okay, for somebody who has that passion, though, so they're just getting started out making film, they have the passion to do it, that's the one thing that they want to do. Is there one truth or one thing that you would tell them to do or not to do getting started?
2: I want to be very clear. Go and fuck up bad Okay. (laughs) Let me make that more PG. Go and embarrass yourself. Get out there and do something to simply learn. You know, it's not something, it shouldn't be something that you would bring back and show all your friends and be proud of. But you know what? Go out and do something that you get embarrassed by and figure out how to become better at it.
0: Yes, that kind of reminds me of, um, I never remember who the hell said this, but if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you waited very, too long. Very, very good. That's what yeah. it is. So get out there, something imperfect and getting started will set you on your way. Otherwise, you'll be kept, like trapped in like, oh, I got to make this better, I got to make this better, I can't do anything, that will come right? Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? I
2: mean, I, I, I find it unfortunate that a lot of people spend years and years, if not thousands of dollars, going to film school. And look, filmmaking is a passion. Look, I'm not famous. I understand that. But if it's not your passion, then do something else. You need to start with passion. If you don't have passion, the rest will not follow. And I don't care how many notes you take, unless you have the passion... Those notes are never going to be registered by your psyche. So no matter what studying you do, whatever you do,
0: unless you have the passion, it really doesn't mean shit. It's,
2: it's true, man. I mean, you know, and, and one-on-one off the record, Aaron, I'm being very serious. I Look, dude, I'm not famous, and I'm not fucking this or that, but I, I, I really have seen it, man. I've seen people come in and out of this from uh college and their parents waste so much money putting them through school and it's just like dude unless you okay unless you were making film when you unless you were making movies when you were 12 years old and all you had was a little camcorder i don't know how to tell you how to be passionate about something that you want to be successful at okay And that's the thing, is that I understand that I'm not successful, okay? I'm not some, you know, I'm not Quentin Tarantino. I realize this. I know this for myself. But I'm just trying to say that, good God, it all starts with passion. And if you don't have passion for it, then nothing else matters, and there's not much that you can be taught.
0: Definitely, dude. Passion is what it all comes down to. So say you're working on creating a film. All right. What do you do to promote yourself? So what what are you doing to promote the film? I know we got the Kickstarter. You're on my show talking about it. But what else have you been doing?
2: Trying to affect people positively in person. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, every time I show up on set, whether it be a commercial or a movie or a... Uh, corporate spot. I try to let people know, you know, hey, uh, you're a fellow filmmaker. Um, Here's what I'm working on. And, uh, you know, it's networking. It really is networking. Look, putting the word out there on Facebook is is a great thing. It's a great thing. It allows you the chance to get your your best friends involved and stuff like that. But as a filmmaker who uh, works on movie sets and uh, commercial sets and all that kind of stuff, I have the uh uh very uh privileged opportunity to bring this before other fellow filmmakers and i am very thankful for that
0: okay cool so you're focusing on networking right now my next question that i like to ask all my guests is what do you want your audience to take away what do you want them to remember when they see Dan Hample on screen or something that Dan Hample put on screen?
2: I don't think that it's worth anyone's time if an audience member, a viewer of a film, goes to a theater and walks away with nothing. I think that they need to walk away with something. It's important to me. And I believe that We Should Have Died is going to be the antidote. Okay? Okay. When a viewer walks away from seeing this film, they will be torn emotionally and morally. And um, it's going to raise a lot of questions in their heart and in their mind. And whether whether it whether it's a good film or not and it will be but whether it's a good film or not if that viewer doesn't walk away with a question a a really deep diving question that they can't shake i personally always wonder if the director or filmmaker didn't do their job right and i think that that's what's going to happen i think that when when folks come and see this movie, they are going to get a sense that they need to question themselves and their their morals and their sense of right and wrong. And it's always left to question. You know, the right and wrong is always left to question. And we do it as, as as humans. We do it in a very human nature, most specifically with religion. I mean, some religions say that if you get caught stealing, you get your hand cut off. Other religions say that uh you know if you if you mess around with a little boy you get a, a day in court you know i'm just saying <laughs>
0: uh i don't know if the religion actually I, says that
2: I, but yeah, no, uh it definitely yes. does not and and uh, <laughs> and i am not anti-religious i love catholics and mormons and everyone and muslims and everyone but uh So, a light at the end of the tunnel with a little bit of a uh, jest and a joke. That's pretty much how this movie plays out. There is, uh, it's through impending darkness, and at the end of the day there is a slight, tiny bit of laughter to be had. But always, always the viewer, I think, should walk away with, with questions that I don't think that the film should ever tell them the answers to.
0: Okay, and do you feel that's true in, like, pretty much all genres, like, including, like, comedies that may not quite have as deep of a storyline? Or is this mainly (sighs) genre-specific?
2: Wow. Oh, man, static, dude. I'm going to have to skip that one. Why's that? Why's that? Well, okay, so it's... it's Right. It's, it's hard for me to answer that because I've, I've grown up um, just absolutely loving and adoring comedy, comedy films. And I, I, that's the only reason I ever wanted to become an actor in the first place is because of Jim Carrey. So now that I see myself making this very serious thriller, uh, I, just, I, I guess I, I can't speak on that rightfully. I, I know that I'm very passionately tied up in this um, this shoot and it and it affects me um, it, it affects me quite a bit and I'm very serious about it and gosh I, I wish I you know someday hell I don't know if ever I don't know if I'm ever going to be as I don't know if I'm ever going to be as emotionally um, concerned about a film as I am with this. I'm very serious about this film. And is that because of
0: like the true origins of the story or is it because it's like one of your own creations? It's most definitely
2: both. And, um, just to, to have the, uh, the positive personal review from justin beam at fangoria magazine after he read it he had some very good things to say about it he had nothing negative to say about it and that's just it's incredible to me i mean i i i felt so blessed because i do look to him uh i i do look to justin beam for guidance especially in writing and storytelling There is nobody better to have in your corner for advice. And that's why I felt so privileged and, uh, I felt lucky. I I, I mean, really, you, you feel lucky when you come up with a good script, with a good, uh, story, you know, when you feel lucky, when you feel like it's great, you, uh, You start a campaign, apparently, and you try to ask for help. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yes, man. He's also somebody else that you helped me get on the show, and he's been a writer for Fangoria, Monsters of Filmland, Scream the Magazine, pretty much a major horror-like magazine. He's written for that and been in Sharknado, and I, I don't know exactly how he's tied into the Halloween franchise besides narrating some of the extra features, but the man knows his horror films.
2: Absolutely. And that's why I was just blown away when he came back to me with a really positive response uh, from, from the script. When he came back to me with a really positive response from after reading the script, I was really, really uh, blown away by that. I, I I love Justin. What's up, Justin? Love you, man. So that obviously is a huge highlight.
0: Uh, But besides that one, uh, would you say that you have not necessarily the highlight of your career, but another highlight that you can uh, mention, another story that you like to tell?
2: Okay, wow. Uh, that is a really good question. Um, so I think it was in 2015, I went to a film festival in Omaha, Nebraska. And so one of the people that they had there was Leslie Easterbrook from Police Academy. And she was also in House of a Thousand Corpses and, uh, you know, doing a lot of work with uh, Rob Zombie. So she was there and it was my full intent to come up and introduce myself and, you know, buy a photo and have her autograph it for me and maybe get a picture. And as I approached the table, I said, I said, hi, my name is Daniel Hemp. She says, oh, yeah. You were great in Demonica.
0: Oh, really? And I,
2: I, That's I, awesome. I it was it it threw me back. And uh, I looked over at the the film festival director and I said, Did you just hear that? And Tim Welsh, it was his name, he looks over at me and he says, Yep, I just saw that happen. <laughs> and and <laughs> and that awesome, was dude that was mind blowing to know. And, and so I, I went in and I said, well, where, where did you, where did you see DeMonica? You know, cause it was never, you know, on the big screen uh, across, across the nation. Yeah. Well, she said that she was at a film festival in, oh, Arkansas or Georgia. And she saw DeMonica and she just thought I was great. And she, and one of the, one of the cool things, man, one of the cool things, Erin, was she said, uh, hey, is this what you want to do? I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. Acting is what she meant. This is what you want to do. And I said, yeah, it's what I want to do. She says, you know what? Don't give up. You are meant for this. And man, I, I, I teared up. I teared up and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I looked all around and I was like, everybody saw this happen. Everybody saw this happen. And... You know, call call it what you will, but my God, that was the biggest moment. I mean, the biggest, the biggest moment in my acting career, my filmmaking career that I mean, it, it literally, it brought tears to my eyes. It really did. So thank you so much for asking me that. And I'm that sorry. That, awesome, that so long.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, let's see, I have one more question for you, but before I let, uh, before I have you answer that one more time, throw out some social media on where people can find you, um, where they can, um, uh, contribute to this Kickstarter campaign for
2: We Should Have
0: Died.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, where you can find myself is, uh, uh Hample Daniel or Daniel Hample on Facebook and, You can also find the campaign for my film, We Should Have Died, if you simply Google Kickstarter, We Should Have Died. And it'll pop up right there. Just Google Kickstarter, We Should Have Died. And there it is with the fire trucks. And and you can go ahead and search through the perks and uh, get involved however you want.
0: All right, perfect. And uh, shoot me that link, and I will include it in the show notes for you so people can easily access that and take the Googling out of it. And uh, okay, Dan, this is the last question that I have for you. I asked this to you way back on my second episode, your first time on the show, but uh, maybe it's changed. Daniel Hample, how do you live on
2: Well, I'll tell you this right now, consistency is the key to success, and that is how I live uncontained.
1: And that does it for this week's episode of Uncontained. Thank you to Dan Hample for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. And I'm excited. I want to I wanna see this movie come out. I encourage you to get to his Kickstarter page and uh, help fund it, because I really want to see this get made. I'm truly excited to see Uncontained guests out there continuing to create and Uncontained listeners to support it. It's a beautiful thing that I love to see and basically the definition of uncontained. Thank you for listening and until next time, live uncontained. And that does it for another
0: episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and uh, once again, thanks to Dan for all the help that uh, he's done to for the show and uh, being an interesting guest as well. So hope you all had a great Halloween once again, and uh, continue on the fun through the 31st. Don't jump to Christmas just yet. You have some more scaring to do, damn it and remember Uncontained is moving to once every other week to help uh to help the show grow i know it sounds contradictory or counteractive to cut back shows to help it grow but trust me i want to uh, spend a little bit more time on the production and uh and recruiting on of guests on the show and uh you know i just want to provide the best show for you guys so please don't panic if uh you don't hear an episode next week but uh keep in mind it will be coming please stay subscribed so you automatically know when you will get a new episode of uncontained to listen to thanks again for listening And until next time, live uncontained.